Faith Church family, thank you for joining us tonight for this, this message. And I want you to take your Bible, go with me to Matthew chapter 16, and look at verse 18. We ha- are, are coming through these various phases of dealing with COVID-19. And uh, you know that, you know, in some ways we say life is getting back to normal. I remember recently seeing a sign uh, of a business uh, and here's what the sign on the outside of the business said. It said, we are open for business. I know sometimes that uh, in the last 12 weeks, folks have said that the churches were closed. Churches were closed. Well, can I say this to you? And this is the title of my message tonight to us. The church never closed. The church never closed. <laughs> You see, ladies and gentlemen, the church is not a building. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ and even the local church is a body. It's not an organization. It's an organism. It's a living thing, a living body. We are literally the extension of the Lord Jesus Christ in this world. Listen to what Jesus said. In response to Simon Peter's statement that Jesus Christ was, Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus responded, I say also unto thee, Matthew 16, 18, that thou art Peter and upon this rock I will build my church. My church, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It's the first time that the word church, our English word church, was used here in the New Testament. It will be used some 77 different times after this in the New Testament. The word church is the Greek word ekklesia, ekklesia. We get the word ecclesiastes, ecclesiology from that word. And literally, the ecclesia refers to a called out assembly for the purpose of making disciples of all nations. A called out assembly for the purpose of making disciples of all nations. So I want to leave with you tonight three thoughts. Thought number one, listen very carefully. The church is to be a gathering body. The church is to be a gathering body. One of the things that made the quarantine very, very difficult is the inability to gather, to be together as the body. That's why we even early on, I believe the second week, we encourage people to have in-home, in-home fellowship, gathering, be intentional about gathering and being together. Why? Because that is essential for our health as Christians. Our spiritual health, our relational health is boosted and built when we gather together. According to one scholar, that word ecclesia never in the 
New Testament usage, it never means something unrelated to a gathering. In other words, the church was and is a gathered body, a gathering body of believers. Hebrews 10.25 is explicit, it's clear that we are not to forsake the assembling, the gathering of ourselves together, the gathering of a body together. This word used in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25, the assembling, the gathering, that conveys closeness. It, 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 it conveys proximity to one another. It is the opposite, we would say, of social distancing. It conveys accountability, life on life, where we literally are vulnerable, vulnerability. It communicates community. Dear friend, we have so many, even in our local church and local churches all over the place, who will go and attend, but they do not utilize the community aspect of the local church. They don't ever meet anyone. They don't ever make an effort to truly establish that bond. And hear me, dear friend, the gathering body is not for the purpose of checking off something on a weekly to-do list. The purpose of the gathered body, dear friend, is so that there's this mutual encouragement, the mutual accountability, the face-to-face interaction, voice-to-voice, life-to-life that's mutually beneficial. According to Ecclesiastes, it talks about that two are better than one and a threefold cord is not easily broken. That entire passage is about the blessing of relationship. An old dear friend, if all we do is just attend a meeting and we never truly capture the heart of the gathering and the fellowship, then we've missed one of the main designs of God for the church. One writer said, when a building was mentioned in the New Testament, it was always in relation to the church that met there. Romans 16, 3 and 5, Greek Priscilla and Aquila and the church that is in their house. 1 Corinthians 16, 19, Aquila and Priscilla salute you much in the Lord with the church that is in their house. Colossians 4.15, salute the brethren which are in Laodicea in Nymphos in the church that is in his house. It's referring to a gathering place. And even in Philemon, uh, verse 2, to Philemon and the church, Paul said, that is in his house. Now we can, look, people want to debate all they want to about house, churches, and building and gatherings and things like that. I'm not going to argue that or haggle that. I do know uh, that it's kind of hard to say it's a sin to meet as a church in somebody's house because in the first century, that's where they met. They met in homes. Crystal clear. You have to infer something else or into the passage in the New Testament uh, to believe otherwise. 
Yes, they gathered at the synagogue, but the synagogue was not the church. The synagogue was the place where Jews met, but it was predominantly in the homes of the believers where the churches met corporately. Obviously, as the generations went along and as times changed, the church began to grow in the aspect of numbers and meeting space became at a premium and they, 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 they changed their model as far as that goes. Again, I'm, I'm not going to debate that one way or the other. But the point of these verses is to establish that the church was not some nebulous, disconnected blah out there that just, okay, well, if we run into another Christian, fine. If we don't, that's fine too. God doesn't sanction solo Christianity. He doesn't put his stamp on solo spirituality. It is always in the context of gathering together. That's the wholesome Christian life. That the church is called to gather. It's an assembly The word for the church itself, ecclesia, always refers to the assembly, the gathering itself, but never to the building because the building itself is not essential. What's essential is the assembly, the gathering. It's a word that refers to a people, not a place. God forbid, but if a storm hit this building, or a bomb were to destroy this building, we still have a church. We've met out in the open. In the previous two weeks, the church was meeting. We weren't in these buildings, this facility, but we were gathering. That's the church. And you can meet under a shade tree. You can meet in a field. You can meet in a rented facility. You can meet in a thatched hut. That's the church. If you're gathering, the church is to be a gathering body. Number two, listen carefully. The church is not only not only to be a gathering body, the church is to be a godly body. The church is a called out assembly. That's what the word means. A called out called out called out by God but called out from where called out from what we're called out from sin we're called out from this culture we're called out we say from the world what does that mean we're separated out of sin and the mentality of sin the worldview of an unbelieving heart the philosophy of an unbelieving mind, the pattern of living in an unbelieving life. God has called us out from that. The child of God has been transformed, literally made new from the inside out. 2 Corinthians 5.17 reiterates that we are new creations in Christ. If any man is in Christ, he is therefore a new creature, a new living thing. 
a new creation. We weren't what we used to be. We aren't what we used to be. We, we, we are not the same, 1 Corinthians Chapter 6, verse 11, such were some of you. But now, thank God, you've been washed, you've been sanctified, you've been justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. Ephesians 2, 1 through 6, listen to what our Bibles teach us about the transformation from death to life, from unholiness to holiness, from uh, ungodliness to godliness, from sin to being sanctified, from unrighteousness to righteousness. In you has he quickened who were dead at one time in trespasses and sins. That means he's made us alive. Where in time past, you did walk according to the course of the world. According to the prince of the power of the air, brother, that's the devil. The spirit that now works in the children of disobedience, among whom you had your conversation, your lifestyle in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And we were all by nature before we got saved. The children of wrath. I love verse 4, though. Now, all that was B.C. before Christ. Verse 4, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he has loved us, even when we were dead in sins, he, Jesus, has quickened us together with Christ, for by grace are you saved. And he has raised us up together. Watch this. And he's made us to sit in heavenly places by Jesus Christ. Oh, friend, you see, the church is not just a ragtag bunch of filthy people walking according to our own lust and our own desires, still enslaved by the same shackles that held us captive for generations. No, we've been made new. God said, as I am holy and I who am your father, I've placed in you the spirit of life and the spirit of liberty and the spirit of freedom. And those chains have been broken. Now you go walk in newness, freshness of life, a fresh power and a fresh purpose, a fresh testimony chains are gone. The chains have been broken. We are to be a godly body, not dominated any longer by the sins of the flesh, but dominated by the precious spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the spirit which is holiness, the spirit who births holiness in us. Friend, we are not to cuddle with the world we are not to cuddle with sin that that is offensive to God hurtful to God it quenches God's spirit quicker than anything private hidden sin in my heart and life hidden private sin in the church God said that the church his body is to be a gathering body It's to be a godly body. But thirdly and finally, it is to be a going body. 
See, the truth is, there is an aspect where we do gather. But if all we do is gather, and we never disband, and we never go, we never leave, we never go out, we have failed in our mission as the church. We are a called-out assembly for the purpose of making disciples of every nation. God never called us to stay in a holy huddle. He called us to disperse and to go. And as he said in Matthew, as you are going, you go make disciples. You go and you preach the gospel to every creature, everywhere. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then the uttermost parts. That means the end, the far-flung corners, we say, of this globe. You go. You take the gospel there. The church is a gathering body. The church is a godly body. The church is a going body. We are on mission. What does that mean to you? What does it mean to you to be on mission? Question, are you really on mission or are you just on a vacation? You see, God put us in this world, left us in this world on mission, not just to float through, but to spread the gospel. We are, we are commissioned and called and commanded by God, our commander, to take back enemy-held territory in the hearts of humans. We're not armed with bombs, firearms, missiles, but we're armed with the grace, the truth, and the love of the gospel of Jesus Christ. No wonder Paul said in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. I like what Adrian Rogers said where he said that the old ship of Zion is a warship. It's not a cruise ship. (laughs) And we're not home yet. We're not done yet. The war and the battle and the mission has not been accomplished yet. Not until the gospel circles the globe. Not until people bow in allegiance in their heart and life to the sovereignty and lordship of Jesus. If we as believers aren't sharing Jesus actively and consistently and intentionally, then we are not fulfilling our mission. Models and methods change. We said that this morning. But the mission does not change. It's to evangelize the lost, to win people to Christ, to make disciples and to teach people how the Bible teaches us we ought to live. That's our mission. We, when we leave, we really are stepping out into our mission field. Your mission field is your home, then it's your neighborhood, then it's your job, then it's your world. Here's what we say. Our motto is that every person is worth evangelizing. And that's true. Starting with our neighborhoods and then going out to the nations of the world. That's our mission. How are you doing? How am I doing at our mission? Because the church is a gathering body. We're not in the will of God if we're not gathering corporately.
with the body. If you're a couch potato Christian, my dear friend, you're shortchanging your spirituality and your spiritual growth, and you're being disobedient to God. We're a gathering body. We're a godly body. Let God's holiness be shown in your life. And then we're a going body. God help us this week to make much of Jesus and to share him with our world right here around us. Let's pray. Our Father, thank you for the admonition from Scripture and the true understanding of the meaning of the word church. You are our king, and we bow in allegiance to you. May your kingdom be advanced through us. In Jesus' name, amen.